worthy. He deserves it. Amen. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. Tonight, I want to talk to you about spending time in God's presence. You know, as I was thinking about it this week and, and the importance of the prayer meeting itself, it's really just you spending time in God's presence. That's the reason that you're here. I know that you're a people who desire the presence of God in your life, in your home, here at the church. You, you, you desire the, the presence of God. And, and I want to talk to you tonight about desiring time in the presence of God. As I was thinking about time this week, you know, as a, as a parent, as a, a busy person and a, a pastor running from meeting to meeting, place to place, person to person, sometimes when it comes to taking care of myself, it, it gets a little hard. And um, especially when it comes to making sure that I'm eating right, eating healthy and, and, and staying in shape. And when it comes to nutrients or when it comes to health, Time is a very important aspect in that. And so when I was looking at lunch today, if I'm in a hurry, it doesn't take long to, to make this. You know what this is? It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It is, it is good. It, it is a staple, right? So I have here, we got a, we got a, this is the best when it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with Cheeto puffs. All right? Cheeto puffs right here. Now we're fasting. So, uh, so you know, this is a, a temptation for me. I, Oh, wow. But you know, you think about the, the nutrition or the quality of, of this food. I mean, peanut butter, jelly, bread, Cheetos, it says here there's 140 calories in this. And so if I'm too busy, then, and I don't have enough time, well, I'll make me something like this. I'll, I'll have lunch like this. And that's not bad. It's not bad to have peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Don't tell Alyssa, she's my personal trainer. She might get onto me for that. But it's not bad to have it. But you know what I, I really crave and what I, I really desire and what I, I really love, especially right now while I'm fasting, is this. This is, this is salt grass, sirloin steak, veggies, Caesar salad, and not one, but two salt grass rolls. Come on, somebody. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Shekinah in the house, right? This is what I, I, I really desire. But here's the deal, is that in order to have this, it, it takes more time. It takes me being intentional with my time. It takes for me to make a plan. It takes for me to slow down. It takes me to maybe go to the restaurant, sit down, and it takes them 20 minutes to get the order in, and then another 30 minutes to cook it. And then how long does it take for you to have dinner? Uh, it depends on the company that you're with, right? And so if I'm eating dinner with Ashley on a, on a nice date night, we'll try to get a good two-hour dinner in because it's that conversation, it's the meal, it's the environment that we're in. And it, it really is what builds the relationship. It's what, it's what builds the intimacy. Now, you're not having a lot of intimate conversations over a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a side of Cheetos, are you? Right? And so, so, so the quality and the quantity of time de determine the amount of nutrients that you're able to receive and also the, the value that you receive as well. And I wanna to submit to you something. When it comes to our prayer lives, are we sustained by peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or does it come to us making intentional time with God to savor all of the goodness of God's presence in our lives? See, 
it's okay to have peanut butter and jelly sandwich when you're in pinch, when you're in binds, when you're in need, when you're in a rush. It's okay to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But, you know, Jesus said man does not live by bread alone, right? But we're going to have some steak in our lives. And so we need to have some time in God's presence to be able to experience the goodness of God in our lives. And we can live on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but here's what we need to not just survive, not just to thrive. We need time in God's presence. And so what I want to talk to you tonight is about, is that how do we spend more time and what is the, what is the quality of time that we spend in God's presence as well? And so we're in a series right now through the book of Psalms, and we're just looking at different Psalms and prayers that David prays, and we're learning how to pray in the same way. And so I want to read to you out of Psalm chapter 16 tonight, and then we're going to go back in. We're going to open the altars, take communion, spend time in prayer. But here's what... David says, the Lord is my chosen portion. He doesn't choose the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What does he choose? He chooses the steak, the chosen portion. It's what he desires, craves. It's what he wants above all else. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night, also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwell secure for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your holy one see corruption you make known to me the path of life in your presence there's the word in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore in the Psalms, this is what's called a, a mikta, which means it's a golden psalm. It is one of those psalms that really stand out and rise above all the rest. It's one that and, and carries along with it a, a great importance, so much so that the scribes, whenever they were compiling the book of Psalms, they said, hey, this one is one of the most important ones. They're all really good, but this one, this one stands out above the rest. Why? Because it's about valuing the presence of God in our lives. Here's the backstory. Backstory here in Psalm 16 is this, is David writes this as he is exiled and thrown out of King Saul's courts. And basically the inheritance that he received to be the future king as he's serving in the courts, now Saul's trying to kill him. Now the entire army is chasing after him. He has gone into the land of the Philistines. He is abandoned. He is alone. What seemed to be the great inheritance that he was waiting for is now all of a sudden been forfeited or stolen or taken away. And he's sitting in a cave and he is alone and he is processing his pain, his grief, his thoughts, and he has no one to talk to except for God. And it's in that moment of pain, it's in that moment of darkness, it's in that moment of panic and fear and loneliness that he turns to the Lord and he spends time in God's presence and David begins to pray. Some of you tonight, you may be in that place. You may be in that place of the cave. You may be in that place of the wilderness. You may be in that place where you feel forgotten, where you feel like God has abandoned you, forsaken you, and all of the good things that were in store for you are now no longer available. You may be there. And if you're not there, you were there, maybe a month ago, maybe a year ago. And if that's still not you, you may be there next week because we all find ourselves in a situation like this. It's human nature. It's, it's where a part of the human condition. That's what I love so much about the Psalms is because it's because the Psalms really speak to the condition of all of our hearts 
at one stage or another. And so what I wanna show to you is what David learns through this prayer, just a, a few points when it comes to spending time in God's presence. The first thing is this, if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and just write these down or open up in your phone. The, the first thing is this, is he prioritizes God's presence in his life. He says, you are my chosen portion. Above all else, I wanna spend time with you. Amen. Is God the chosen portion of your life? Is his presence a priority in your life? When you find yourself busy, when you find yourself hurrying, when you find yourself in a place of need, who do you run to? Where do you turn to? What do you go to? Do you turn to entertainment to numb your mind? Do you turn to your phone and doom scroll through Instagram? Do you turn to advice from other people? Do you turn inwardly and then self-destruct and get depressed? Do you go outward and you turn into rage and you get anxious and you start freaking out on everybody around you? Where do you go and where do you turn when you find yourself in a place of need? Here's what David says. I'm gonna prioritize God's presence in my life. And as I prioritize God's presence, then God begins to take care of the rest because God is the one who takes care of me. Jesus would say it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Is God's presence a priority in your life? When you are in need, where do you turn? Where do you run? Do you run to God? This is why the prayer meeting is so important because all week long, you're so busy. And many of you, you had to make a decision. Do I go to prayer meeting? Because I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I have a thousand other reasons why I shouldn't be here. I'm so busy, but yet here's what you chose to do. And this is why you're here tonight. It's because in all of the busy, you still prioritize God's presence. And I believe that God is gonna reward you for that. Here's what, here's what my, my, my Nana told me just a few weeks ago and all the busyness in my life. She said, Byron, if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Take time, clear your schedule and prioritize and schedule a meeting to get along with God. When you're in a time of need, prioritize God's presence in your life. The, the second thing is this, it's a paradox of God's presence. You say, what is a paradox? I love G.K. Chesterton, one of the theologians in the 19th century. He actually says this, a paradox is truth standing on its head. Paradox is something that on the surface, it doesn't make sense, but whenever you see it from God's perspective, all of a sudden you realize that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Listen to what David says here. He says, I will bless the Lord. That's interesting. He chooses to bless God before he has an answer. It's fascinating. See, oftentimes here's what we think. If God would answer me, then I will bless him. If God would, if God would do a miracle in my life, then I'm gonna say thank you to God. If God would do this for me, then I will do that for him. Almost like a quid pro quo. That's how we deal in natural relationships. If you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's what we so often do when it comes to, to God moving in our life. God, if you do this, then I will do this. But that's not what prayer looks like because the Bible says that we enter into his courts with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. And there's a paradox because here's what he says. I will bless the Lord for he is my counsel. He blesses God first. But this is how the gospel works. The gospel doesn't make sense to the natural mind. What's what Paul says? Paul says that God chooses the foolish things of the world to what? Shame the wise. The gospel is backwards. Listen to some of the things. Here's what Jesus says. The greatest of all is the servant of all. That doesn't make sense. How is a servant the greatest? It doesn't make sense. It's a paradox. Jesus says it like this. He says, if you wanna gain your life, what do you need to do? You need to lose your life. Paul says that in my weakness, he is strong. 
Jesus says, give and it will be given unto you. The way the gospel works is backwards from the way that the world works. And so we can't view our situations with the natural mind. We need to see it from a supernatural perspective. Bless the Lord and then God will work in your life. Here's another way to say it. Praise him for the miracle before the miracle. Praise him for the breakthrough before the breakthrough. Bless the Lord now and you will end up receiving his goodness in your life because that's the way that the gospel works. It's upside down, it's backwards. There is a paradox that is found in the presence of God. I feel in the prayer meeting, I walk in here, I'm weak. I think, well, I'm gonna go to the prayer meeting. And so it's really, it's gonna take more time. It's gonna weigh on me more. I'm gonna be more exhausted. Now I gotta go buy the kids Dairy Queen afterwards because that's our family thing. After prayer night, we always go to Dairy Queen, then they're all jacked up on sugar and I had to put them down to 10 o'clock at night and all of a sudden they're waking up at five in the morning, the whole routine's off. I'm gonna be so tired, but here's what, when I walk out of this prayer meeting, I'm filled with joy, I'm filled with strength, I'm filled with purpose, I'm filled with meaning in my life. It is a divine paradox when you spend time in God's presence. It just doesn't make sense. Your, your, your people and friends at work, or maybe your non-believing friends, they'll say, you really go to church on Sundays, you go to a small group during the week, you tithe 10%, you give above and beyond, and you go to a prayer meeting. Aren't you just so tired? And you're like, no, actually, this is the source of my strength. Yes. Because there's a paradox when it comes to the goodness and presence of God. The, the, the next thing is this, he says, it's the peace of God. Look what he says here. He says, I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night, my heart also instructs me. I've set the Lord always before me because he is in my right hand. I will not be shaken. He says, the Lord is my counsel. Could you just think about how God gives in his presence, he gives direction for our lives. He gives advice to us. I love this word counsel because, because the New Testament describes the Holy Spirit as our, our counselor. The word there is the paraclete. The paraclete would be our counselor, be our advocate, would be our, our, our guide. I don't know if you ever spent time with a, a counselor. Here's what a counselor does, they listen to you. They understand the situation that you're in. They don't automatically just jump to tell you what to do, they listen to, to who you are and where you're at. That's what God does for us. Whenever we spend time in God's presence, sometimes we just want God to give us the answer right away. But here's what God also wants us to do. He wants us to enter into the process along with him. And he wants us to verbally begin to process our own hearts to where eventually all the tension, all the stress, all of the anxiety whew, washes away. And that's when our heart's in a position to be able to receive from him. This is what counselors do in, in our lives. This is what my counselor does for me. He listens to me complain for about 45 minutes. And then, and then he begins to lead me in ways of health. And this is what the Holy Spirit does for us as he, as he enters into our situation. He allows us to process the pain and the grief and to listen to our prayers and cares for us. And then all of a sudden he begins to give us direction. He begins to give us guidance. And then he begins to, to give us the peace that it is that we need. That's what presence of God does. It, it allows us to, to process and then eventually begin to experience the peace that only comes from God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. And I'm just reminded of, of a quote, and it comes from uh, J.D. Greer. He's the pastor of Summit Church, and, and here's what he says. He says, the Holy Spirit inside of you is better than having Jesus right next to you. We would think about it. We we're like, no, if Jesus was here, he would just be able to tell me what to do. But the disciples were at Jesus for three years, and they still had no clue what they were doing. It wasn't until God sent the Holy Spirit to indwell inside of them did they be able to enter into the promise and the peace that God had over their lives. Listen. 
Listen, you think if Jesus was right here next to me, then I would know everything that I need. But listen, the Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than just having Jesus right next to you. And the moment that every single one of you became a Christian, God deposited the Spirit inside of you. And so you have access to peace anytime, anywhere that you are at. There is peace that is to be found in the presence of God. The next thing we see is this, is that there is power that is to be found in in the presence of God. Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol and let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. Easter is in just, next week is Easter Sunday. And this verse is actually from thousands of years before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But whenever Jesus was prophesying his death and whenever the disciples looked back upon the resurrection, this is the verse that came to their minds, that you will not abandon me to Sheol and you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. What is the the message of the gospel? That Jesus lived the perfect life we never could live, died the death that we all deserve. And through his death, burial, and his resurrection, three days later, he gives us the new life that we could never earn. What is the power of God's presence? Anything other than the power to save, the power to bring life, the power to resurrect dead things. And here's the message that the disciples knew looking back upon this verse is that because Jesus rose from the dead, no matter what situation we are in, we can stand up and we can rise as well. There is power that is to be found in the presence of God. It is in the presence of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives inside of you. There is power when we humble ourselves in the presence of God. There is power to be found when we submit ourselves to the presence of God. There is power to be found whenever we make a priority for God's presence in our life. We may feel weak walking in, but we will be strong coming out. We may be in doubt whenever we enter into God's presence, but now we have confidence when we come out of God's presence because there is power to be found in the presence of God. In fact, it wasn't until God's spirit fell on Pentecost did they receive power. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It is through the presence of God that we were able to experience the power of God in our life. Listen, some of you, you are praying for God to do things. You are expecting God to do things. You are wanting God to do things in your life, but your prayers don't represent the amount of time in God's presence that you need. And so you need to make time and get alone and spend time in God's presence to be able to receive the power. I mean, think about it. Where's the health and nutrients come from? If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna work out if you're gonna get strong if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna be healthy you're not gonna do so on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches it's gonna come from having the proper diet and nutrition to be able to get it so if you want to lift heavy what do you gotta do you gotta eat right it's the same thing if you want power in your prayers and power in your life then you, you have to ask what am I consuming in my life. Am I consuming, am I consuming junk? Or am I consuming the thing that my soul actually needs? What brings me the strength that I need to be able to make it through the situation that I'm in? Which leads to the last point, is there is pleasure to be found in the presence of God. Here's, here's how they close, and we're gonna go into a time of communion, but here's what it says. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. 
Here's how David recognizes this, as he is sitting in that cave, as he is in the wilderness, abandoned and forgotten. Here's how he closes out this prayer by spending time in God's presence. All of a sudden, he comes to this realization that no matter where I am at, no matter what situation that I am in, no matter where I find myself, no matter what other people have said about me, no matter the circumstances I find myself in, here's, here's what I know, is that God is still good, and God still wants good for my life. I want, you to, I want you to just say this back to yourself. Just repeat it after me, church. God is still good. God is still good. Woo! Out of the mouth of babes, amen. Come on, one more time. And now say this, God still wants good for me. God still wants good for me. God is still good. And God still wants good for me. There is pleasures to be found in the right hand of God. So how do you, how do you get the pleasures that are in the hand of God? We need to go to him and spend time in his presence to be able to receive what God has for your life. I'm not opposed to peanut butter and jelly prayers. Sometimes that's what you need to pray. Sometimes it's just, God, help. A little prayer here, a little prayer there. But we cannot live on peanut butter and jelly alone. We need more than just that. And that's why you're here tonight. And that's why we're here tonight.